0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Stigma Busters. Again, my name is Courtney Rice, and I'll be your host for this podcast. But before we hear from our guests, let me tell you a little bit about me. I am the current manager of marketing and communications with NAMI Wood County. NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. And as part of my position, I'm also contracted to do marketing efforts for the Wood County Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services Board, a.k.a. ADAMS. I am also a proud graduate of Bowling Green State University and University of Toledo with my BA in psychology, and I also have my master's in social work. I'm also a licensed social worker and a huge mental health advocate. But enough about me. I want to talk to you today about why we decided to do this podcast and what its goals are. We wanted to create this podcast as a way to continue spreading awareness on mental health and addiction issues. In case you didn't know, one in five individuals in the U.S. come face-to-face with a mental health condition each year, and that includes the folks right here in Wood County. So on this show, we want to talk to local therapists, social workers, counselors, and others To learn more about not only how you can get help in Wood County, but also we want to bust some stigma. So, in case you don't know what stigma means, I'll tell you according to the Google machine. Stigma is the disapproval of or discrimination against a person based on perceivable social characteristics that serve to distinguish them from other members of society. But unfortunately, this happens way too often with mental health and addiction. How many times have you ever heard that people are, quote, crazy or, quote, psychotic? How about people with mental illness are violent? Watch out for those people. They belong in the loony house. That talk stops here. We are going to bust stigma because, after all, we are the stigma busters. Kind of like the ghostbusters. I ain't afraid of no stigma. With all our talks and interviews, we are hoping to continue to spread awareness on mental illness, addiction disorders, and most importantly, we want to help you get the help that you need. Before we dive in more to our podcast, we want to share a disclaimer for our audience. The content we share on Stigma Busters can bring up a variety of feelings and thoughts, and the Wood County Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services Board is here to help you. If you want to connect with mental health and or addiction resources and treatment, you can dial two one one, and you will be connected to services today. Sometimes folks may have thoughts of suicide or hurting ourselves or others. If you are experiencing these type of thoughts, please dial the Wood County Crisis Line. That number is 419-502-HOPE. So again, and you'll be connected to an experienced counselor right here in wood county who will help you get help you can also text for hope so the number four hope to the crisis text line and that number is 741-741 and you'll be connected to a counselor within minutes always remember help is here good day to all our stigma busters out there As we continue busting stigma in our episodes, we're going to chat today about men's mental health. Men sometimes don't want to talk about their mental health, but we have a great male advocate on our show today, Scott Frank, because sometimes, you know, a man needs a pork shoulder to cry on. So let's get our girls out and bust some stigma. Today I'm joined by Scott Frank of Bowling Green Police Department. Scott works as a detective for the jurisdiction and has done so for so many years now. He was recognized in 2018 for a Career Achievement Award and recognized for going above and beyond the call of duty for people struggling with mental health issues. I'm excited to chat today with Scott and learn a little bit more about mental health, specifically how it affects men. Scott, welcome to Stigma Busters. Thank you. You want to tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, I've been at the Bowling Green Police Department for 14 years, went on 15 years. Um, prior to that, I worked at the juvenile court uh, in Wood County as a probation officer. Came to this area originally for college. Um, I went to Bowling Green State University. I got my bachelor's from there, criminal justice. Um, while I was a probation officer, I got my degree, master's degree in forensic psychology from Tiffin University, uh, and I've been here since.
0: Cool. Uh, So what inspired you to go into being a police officer?
1: I've always been interested in criminal justice. I took a class in high school that was interesting. Uh, then carried on to college. I really didn't find much else that was interesting to me. So I just kept studying criminal justice in uh, Bowling Green. Um, I got a job in criminal justice as a probation officer. Honestly, I was just kind of bored. So I went to graduate school at Tiffin and got my degree in forensic psychology and become a police officer because I just kind of wanted more, I guess, more challenge, more uh, involvement in the community.
0: I feel like I don't hear that very often that someone's bored, so they're, you know, just they're just going to go to grad school. Yeah, it seems it seems like a good idea.
1: Definitely not rational.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's wonderful. I mean, that's great work to be able to do, and I'm sure it has such a huge impact on the community. You know, you, it seems like you've been recognized for different achievements and different awards, and I think that's spectacular. Mm. Yeah. Do you enjoy the work that you're doing?
1: Uh, I do. I, I was on the road uh, working the patrol for 11 years and I've been a detective for the past four, uh, three years. I'm sorry. That's 14. But yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy interacting with the people, uh, the community. It's, you know, we spend 90% of our time helping people. So it's not as, you know, negative contact of, of, with communities. People t- tend to think it's actually a lot more positive. Um, so I enjoy it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. So, you know, as I talked about, you did um, get some achievement and some more just for going beyond that call of duty for helping people with their mental health issues. So that must make you maybe a little bit passionate about mental health, right?
1: Yeah. I've been our CIT coordinator since the CIT came to Wood County, I want to say in 2015, maybe. Uh, But it's been some years. I was our first officer trained uh, in crisis intervention. I helped establish and create a peer support program in the county for first responders. So yeah, I, I kind of enjoy mental health. I think it's hugely um, overlooked as being an area of importance in, in community and first responders especially.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about what CIT is and maybe more about that peer support program that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, they're actually separate programs. Okay. Um, CIT is Crisis Intervention Team. Um, if persons or people in the community are involved in mental health crisis, um, we may go out, so we're just trained to help them. Uh, to try to de-escalate them uh, and facilitate them getting any assistance they might need. Wonderful. Uh, the peer support, peer support program is uh, its called the Wood County First Responder Support Team, or Wood County First. It's what we call it for short. It's made up of first responders. We have law enforcement, fire, EMS, uh, staff from the hospitals, emergency rooms, corrections, dispatch, you know, all people that are kind of on the front end of crisis or traumatic events just to kind of support them. I think a lot of times these calls, um, calls for service go, they're, everyone experiences trauma differently. You know, critical incidents affect different people differently. So um, one event might affect somebody more than others. And a lot of times those people who are affected kind of go by the wayside and they just go to their next call and never really have a chance to process. Or, you know, something that bothers them, they just kind of bottle it up and go to the next thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think oftentimes we may think of, you know, people who are working in the community as first responders. They just go out and they're the heroes and they're doing such a great job. And you're not necessarily thinking about, you know, the repercussions or that trauma that you had mentioned. Um, And I think a lot of times that's something that kind of gets shoved under the rug, especially Mm -hmm. maybe men in the field. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: Yeah, so what are some types of stigmatizing statements that you have heard maybe surrounding men in mental health or first responders in mental health?
1: Well, men in general, I think are just, just expected to be tough and kind of, you know, suck it up. I guess is probably like one of the most prominent things. And, you know, as, as first responders, we have to do that. Sometimes we do have to just suck it up and move to the next call. But unfortunately, a lot of times we don't go back and address whatever we had to suck up and deal with we never go back and unpack that, you know, it just kind of stays in our backpack and then just kind of, we carry that load with us and it just kind of gets pushed by the wayside. And, you know, it's constantly sucking it up and moving on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we're just, next thing you know, our backpack's full and we have a heavy burden to carry around. So.
0: It's an interesting analogy. Yeah. It's not like- mine. I wish I could take Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's very good. I wish I could patent it for you. Um, But no, that's wonderful because you think about like an example, you know, you have all these rocks and Mm -hmm. you just keep putting them into your backpack, if you will. And it's going to get heavy and it's going to be a lot to carry on and continue doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, what would you recommend for people who maybe would be struggling as a male, as someone who's being told to suck it up and move on and they have all this weight on their backpacks?
1: I think the first thing is to just be cognizant that that happens. Um, you, know, you could say break the stigma and talk, but it's not that easy just to talk when, you know, if you're afraid to show in somebody you're vulnerable and you have, you're struggling with something, uh, you feel weak, the perception is that you're weak and you don't, especially first responders, we don't want to appear weak. We're very type A and outgoing and tough guys and we don't want to be seen as weak. Um, but I think realizing and accepting that mental health plays as much on your well-being as physical health. You know, you liken mental health to physical health you know, physical health, we what do we do? We see doctors, we take medicine, we go to therapy. But mental health, we don't do that. We'll do the total opposite. We'll just push it aside, push it aside, push it aside. But I think they're very much one and the same that you need to treat both of them equally.
0: Yeah. So maybe not necessarily starting, you know, walking up to some guy and being like, hey, yo, how's your mental health today? Right. But, you know, instead like of maybe talking to your colleague or, you know, someone else and saying, hey, like, are you okay? Are yeah. things all right? Would you say that's an appropriate response or would there be another way someone could approach, um, you know, a male friend who's struggling?
1: Yeah. And and a lot of times, you know, if, if someone, if I'm struggling with a call or if I'm struggling with, you know, anything, you um, one of my coworker friends comes up to me and says, "Hey, you okay?" And of course, my first response is gonna be, "Yeah, I'm good." A lot of times, they ask that question again and kind of like, "Hey, how are you?" Like, you can obviously see through where they're going. This that maybe I'm showing more signs that I'm affected than I'm realizing, or I'm trying to, you know, trying to put on a nice face, uh, but I might be showing something totally different. So, I think that's perfectly acceptable to just ask your friend or a coworker, or however how they are, and maybe even follow it up and not push them a little more, but you know show them that you're there and you're genuinely concerned. I think being a genuine, and having that genuine concern goes a long way.
0: Right, right. And I, I'm thinking too, I, you know, that's good advice for like male to male, but I'm thinking, you know, like, I, I have men in my life, if you will, you know, I am sure. married and sometimes it's difficult to have those conversations with, as a woman, you know, talking to a man. So how would you uh, recommend navigating maybe a conversation like that um, with like, you know, a wife trying to talk to a husband or a daughter trying to talk to a father.
1: That's tough. Um, and just as you're thinking that, I, I know that I'm not good as a male. If, you know, my fiance would ask me if something's bothering me, I'd, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm honest, I'm horrible at it. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Either. And it's, you know, even as being as kind of, I guess, enlightened as I am about mental health and stigma, I still do, the, I not really intentionally do the same thing. And, you know, it's hard for me to open up. So... I think just sometimes being there and just being supportive and letting them know that you're there to listen, uh, I think is helpful and it might facilitate. It might be not going to facilitate them opening up right then, but it will plant the seed and it'll resonate and down the road there'll probably be some
0: conversation. Okay, so just kind of being there, be supportive, meeting them where they're at, yeah, so whatever yeah. they need. I know, like, you know, my husband's a big sports guy, so maybe not interrupt him during the big game and ask sure. him how he's feeling.
1: Wait till the commercial, wait till maybe after the game, or yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: <Something else. laughs> great. So, you know, just kind of in closing, I wanted to see, was there anything else that you would like to share today? Um, any. Um, Um, Word of advice or any anything all that you'd like to add to our conversation
1: No, I again I just think people should like in mental health and the 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 need to take care of yourself mentally as well as physically You know, like I said, we take care of ourselves physically And we need to do the same mentally and use the same exact approaches to dealing with mental health as physical health and It's it's legitimate. I think your mind affects your body just as much as your body affects your mind.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking uh, with me today. So this is Scott Frank of Bowling Green Police Department, and thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for We want to thank Man Therapy for today's episode. In this multi-agency effort, Man Therapy is giving men a resource they desperately need, a resource to help them with any problem life sends their way. Something to set them straight on the realities of suicide and mental health, and, in the end, a tool to help put a stop to the suicide deaths of so many of our men. To learn more about this effort, visit mantherapy.com. Stigma Busters is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe today.